You're listening to Tech 15, a Viva Technology podcast on the digital revolutions shaping our future. This season is sponsored by Manpower Group and looks at how technology plus talent will power the world of work and human resources. Each 15-minute episode is recorded live in person at Viva Tech, Europe's biggest startup and tech event in Paris. Hello there and welcome to a brand new series of Tech 15 brought to you by Manpower Group. Now I'm your host Emma Crosby and in this series we're going to be exploring tech talent, how to discover this talent, how to attract it and how to build it. Along the way we'll be hearing from business leaders who are adopting bold talent strategies to get ahead. Now, as you could probably hear, we're recording right here in Paris at the VivaTech annual event, caught up in the action as thousands of business and industry professionals join to showcase our tech future. In this episode, we'll set out the scope of the challenge. And to do this, I'll be talking to Francesca Borgonovi, Head of Skills Analysis from the OECD. But first, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Tomas Chamorro Premusic, Chief Innovation Officer of Manpower Group. Tomas, it's a pleasure to meet you. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm very well. Are you enjoying your Viva Tech conference so far? I'm loving it. This for me is, you know, one of the highlights of the year. And, you know, the energy of the startup scene here is amazing. It's getting more and more international and there is so much creativity and entrepreneurship. So it's really a pleasure. There is a great vibe, isn't there? Now, you've done some incredible work. You've produced a really, really interesting survey that's highlighted some fascinating insights into the world of tech hiring, tech recruitment. But let's start with an overview. Why not? Let's take people back to the beginning, if you don't mind, Thomas, because we hear a lot, don't we, from companies about people being their organization's most valuable assets. I mean, every company on this planet pretty much says that, don't they? I mean, are they acting like they mean it when it comes to tech talent? So I think whenever a manager says, people are my greatest assets, there's a little bit of skepticism. But the reality is most organizations, certainly most of our clients, truly understand that the main differentiator is talent. Talent scarcity has been an issue for some time. It's a real and global problem, but technology is the sector, the industry where it's really exacerbated. So Thomas, let's talk a bit more about Experis. Of course, Experis is Manpower Group's IT professional resource and managed services company has undertaken a, an enormous study. I think it was at nearly 40,000 people that they interviewed in 40 different countries around the world to understand the scope of tech talent issues faced by companies globally. Now, you called it the new age of tech talent. Why is that? We see this age as an age that is characterized not by technology and not by talent, but the interface between the two. And so we really believe that humans should and will be augmented by technology but that technology is also necessary uh, to take care of the efficiencies, cost reduction, and you know all the parts that we have mostly labeled digital transformation. But it's really understanding how humans can interact with technology that is the key to unlocking human potential in organizations. So Thomas, what are companies up against when it comes to getting skilled tech talent? I mean, we hear about a supply-demand imbalance. What does your study reveal about the extent of the challenge in terms of the skills that are lacking? Yeah, so historically, our clients were mostly worried or concerned by the scarcity of certain hard skills. And what this report has highlighted is that there are at least 
equally worried or concerned by the lack of soft skills, things like critical reasoning skills, curiosity, creativity, self-awareness. So it's almost like the challenge is now double because you don't just need to find people with the right hard skills and expertise, but you also need them to have the soft skills that enable them to cope with the challenges and uncertainties of everyday working life. Well, I'm delighted to say we're going to be talking now to Francesca Borgonovi, Head of Skills Analysis at the OECD Centre for Skills, which supports countries to develop and implement better skills policies. Francesca, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for stopping by and chatting to us here at the Tech 15 podcast. Tell us, what is the average lifespan of a tech skill these days? I mean, it really depends on how you define tech skills. So if you define them in terms of the ability to use specific tools, whether that's Python, whether that's Java or SQL, then the average lifespan is pretty short. I mean, we're talking about needing to upgrade your skills every two to three years. On the other hand, if you are thinking about the basic cognitive processes that are really necessary to use these tools, for example, foundation skills such as mathematics, numeracy, computational thinking, or even more basic things like complex problem solving or critical thinking, then the average lifespan is much, much longer than that. You build these skills in initial education and you bring all these skills in your working life and throughout your working life. So a real diversity then in terms of the amount of time it takes to, to skill and reskill workforces. We talk a lot about skills imbalances, don't we, particularly when it comes to technology. So what are they and where are they? So we have a demand that is not met uh, in terms of the supply is really about advanced tech skills and in particular about the match between having high levels of tech skills combined with what we call soft skills. So what's really critical in the labor market today and when we analyze data from what employers are seeking in sectors like AI, for example, so what you do see is that uh, companies demand skills such as uh, the ability to program the tools of the trade, such as Java, having a data science background, knowing about natural language processing. But at the same time, they actually require things like uh, complex communication, uh, the ability to draft and write, uh, uh, the ability to solve creatively new problems. And this is really where big gaps lie because oftentimes uh, initial education is either giving individuals uh, high levels of uh, very specific technical skills uh, but fails to actually combine this uh, with these new emerging soft skills. And I know that you're very passionate about critical soft skills, the, the so-called power skills, and trying to get companies and indeed countries to, to be developing in this area. Why are they being neglected, particularly when it comes to tech recruitment? The problem is it's just much, much harder uh, to certify proficiency in these skills. I mean, the first thing I would like to point out, you call them power skills. Oftentimes they're referred to as soft skills in the literature, and that gives them a wishy-washy kind of uh, connotation, which is actually not accurate. They're very, very hard skills to hone. And the problem we have is that we don't know how to measure them appropriately and we don't know how to teach them appropriately. 
compared to, uh, let's say, cognitive skills such as literacy or numeracy, in the context of power skills, as you referred to, it's really about the process. It's about how we teach other things uh, that you actually acquire things like communication, uh, that you acquire the ability to work with others, uh, solving problems collaboratively. So it's not about what, but how you learn. And oftentimes teachers uh, in OECD countries and beyond uh, are still not uh, being taught uh, themselves uh, on how to teach these skills uh, because we actually still don't know a lot uh, about how these are acquired. So Francesca, how can companies build the skills that they need, particularly when it comes to tech recruitment? Particularly for these power skills, I would say, a lot is actually uh, acquired at the level of informal learning. Let's say that 70% is actually the exchange between co-workers uh, or between networks of individuals. Uh, only, let's say, 20% is non-formal learning workshops uh, that are kind of semi-formal in the context of companies, and 10% is really participating in further educational qualifications. When you have informal learning, you really have an exchange. Everyone is learning and everyone is giving something in return. Because if you are actually mentoring somebody, you acquire leadership skills. You're actually learning how to work with others to achieve some goals. And so there is that positive ecosystem that occur. The problem is that it's very difficult to motivate people to engage in this. Oftentimes, it's not recognized in formal appraisal processes. There are no credentials in the sense of people who are participating in these experiences. And so one of the things that, that we recommend at UACD is a greater use, for example, of micro-credentials uh, to stimulate participation, particularly in non-formal learning. So you talk about the, the need to monitor and how difficult it is to monitor particularly soft skills or the development of power skills. How can data help solve the issue when it comes to tech skills and tech recruitment. The tech part is important for two big reasons. It's actually a crucial component on the measurement of proficiency. The ability to measure how individuals work collaboratively with others is very difficult in a normal assessment setting. So technology can really help in terms of developing scenario-based assessments that are delivered, that can be standardized, so you can really monitor in which part of the collaborative sphere individuals are doing well and which ones are not doing well. Give an example. At the OECD, we have developed an assessment for students. It's called Collaborative Problem Assessment. It was implemented in a program for international student assessment in 2015, and it really measures how well individuals, in this case, 15-year-old students, are able to work with others. And you can design these kind of assessments to evaluate adaptive problem-solving skills only with technology. In a paper framework, you couldn't do that. Francesca, just to wrap up, of course, you're Head of Skills Analysis at the OEC Centre for Skills. Let's just talk about your, your business or your organisation in a bit more detail. So how do you support countries and companies to develop and implement better skills policies, particularly when it comes to technology? We work with data collection. I mean, I was just mentioning the work we do in terms of uh, developing skills assessment. We monitor participation in upskilling and reskilling efforts. We develop evidence that can be used in policy making. We also identify best practices. We work uh, with countries uh, from around the OECD area and beyond to identify 
identify what can be done, uh, in a sense, uh, develop and implement uh, better policies. And finally, we provide a forum uh, for policymakers and different stakeholders uh, to exchange uh, on the challenges they face, uh, but also their opportunities uh, there are in terms of uh, the development uh, of better skills policies. Now, Thomas, the experience, the new age of tech talent report that we were talking about earlier has laid out four very clear strategies to allow companies to tap their workforce potential. We're going to talk about these strategies in a bit more detail in our upcoming episodes. But I'd like to do, though, with you quickly now, give us a taste of what's in store. And you've called them opening up the middle, finding the hidden talent, trusting the data strategy and also leading with confidence. Let's start with opening up the middle. What do you mean by that? So this is really about reskilling and upskilling people so that they have what it takes to be future ready. And it's really about betting on potential more than ready-made talent. And in a way, we almost see it as pre-skilling. You have to predict the skills that are needed next year or in the next four years and then identify the individuals that are most likely to develop them with you know, adequate training. So that's the first strategy. The second strategy is finding the hidden talent. So if you do have to go outside of your company, where should you be looking? Tell me about finding the hidden talent. So I think this is really about looking for talent in less obvious places and understanding that with a bit of training, you can convert and reimagine people's career potential for the future. Okay, Thomas, so the next strategy that uh, the new age of tech talent reports recommends is trusting the data strategy. I mean, data is, it is the word, it's, an, it's the word of the day, isn't it? The, the word du jour. Gathering data on people's actual potential through science-based assessments, through solid analytics work on their past experience and past performance can enable you to make better choices. If you trust the data more often than not, you will reduce the number of mistakes you make and you will end up with better talent more often and faster. So it's really about making recruitment more evidence-based. Let's just talk about your fourth and final strategy that is leading with confidence. What is your strategy and advice for them from this report? Well, the most important aspect of this is that what we mean by confidence is confidence in other people, in those who are in charge. So this is about picking people, picking managers and leaders on the basis of their integrity, their ethics, their strong moral values, people who practice what they preach, so that they can actually inspire their teams and organizations and really be trustworthy individuals. So, you know, you can have all the competence and talent in the world, but if you don't have integrity and ethics, then people won't have confidence in you. Tomas, thank you so much. Great to chat to you. Thank you. Well, that is all I'm afraid for this episode of Tech 15 brought to you by Manpower Group. Thank you so much for listening. Do check out our other episodes to find out how technology and talent will power the world of work and human resources. <laughs>